Kevin, thank you for doing this. When they say that this is your last interview of the day, how many is that? Like five, 10, 20? It ended up being not being much. It was, uh, I thought, I, th I counted eight. It turned out to be four. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. Um, but I'm not, do you know this thing called Cameo? Oh, uh, I know the thing called videos Cameo. To, to has-beens or uh, minor celebrities. I'm doing like, because <laughs> it's the holidays, I'm doing like 20 a day. And um, I don't know if you know my work, my work, uh, but it's like nervous energy. So um, to be funny, and I go on forever. I seem to be going on forever, like I'm doing now. <laughs> and uh, so, like, it's like I'm doing a cameo now. Calm down, Kevin. Calm down. This is an interview. He's going to ask you questions. Calm down. Anyway, I get very tired at the end of the day. Um, well, what's his name? Sasha Baron Cohen, when they asked him uh, uh, the first Borat movie. I yeah. guess he's the second one. He said, playing another character and improvising all day long is um, really exhausting. And... I guess I'm doing one-tenth of what he did every day, but it's, uh, I, get it. I get it. Well, to answer one of your questions, am I familiar with your work? Yes, I grew up on Kids in the Hall. But my favorite thing that you ever did, which I don't think you've ever spoken about, was the Outcast music video for Roses. Oh, yeah. How did you wind up in that video? Was there a Canadian music video director or something like that? How did you wind up there? Well... It's a story that you either find interesting or boring. <laughs> I find interesting. Uh, first of all, may I say that um, uh, it's the favorite thing I've ever done. It's the least expected thing that you'll find me in. And um, yeah. uh, it's funny because I vacationed in Mexico when that song was a hit. And I was the most popular person in every nightclub there. And I love that album. It was like almost as good as a Prince album. So I had that album. I was loving it. And then uh, this is how it happened. Uh, ben, my manager at the time, was the same manager as Eugene Levy. Okay. And the director, I remember his name, Brian Barber. He was a really nice guy. He, um, he called my manager, Ben, to get Eugene Levy. And then um, Ben lied to him because <laughs> he knew Eugene Levy would never do something at the last minute um, for someone that isn't like uh, jazz. So he, uh, he said, no, but I have one of the kids in the hall. And Brian Barber said, don't even tell me which one. I want to be surprised. Just send him over. So I went over that night. Um, it was in East LA. It was a high school, and um, it was like the Beatles. But there were uh, like hundreds of kids because they knew that Outcast was in there making a video. And um, uh, I have a few memories. Let me tell you them, just so you're interested. Yeah, sure. And I, I promise we're going to talk about boys and girls. But tell oh, me, oh, who cares? Like, <laughs> so I like the movie. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I forgot one of my first memories. Uh, so I go in. Uh, oh yeah, um, Nicole Richie was in the video, and I remember her and I were waiting in the. It was a, it was like a real high school where they filmed it. So the yeah. green room was a gymnasium, and she was she was like forty feet away from me. She, I don't think she knew who I was, but she was nice, and she looked at me and she waved, um, like because we couldn't hear each other. And I waved back, and I remember that's one memory. <laughs> the other memory is that the food was amazing. They had a whole classroom full of every kind of food, like um, American food, Cuban food. Egyptian food, <laughs> Indian food. I ate so much and it was like an all night shoe from midnight to seven in the morning, which usually I get grumpy about, but I loved it. And my last memory of it is that um, Andre 3000, uh, like you had to bring your own soup, but I don't have a suit. So I brought a jacket and black pants. And um, we did a video, uh, we did my part of the video where I had, like I made that up. I wasn't supposed to chase the guy, but I chased the guy and I, I wrestled him. And then um, Brian Barber was laughing, he yelled cut. And then um, he goes, okay, get ready, we're gonna do it again. And then all of a sudden Andre 3000, who's a little guy like Prince, 
said, just a second. And he started walking towards me. I said, oh, he's going to yell at me. He's going to, I'm ruining his video. And I think he's a genius. So what's he going to do? And then he, he even though I'm only 5'8", he had a, like, uh, he had a tie because I wasn't wearing a tie. So he had to stretch up and he, um, he put the tie on me. He did it and goes, you look beautiful. And that's, my, that's my memory. Um, I love that song, Roses. I love it. When you say that you're 5'8", my wife and I were just talking about this. You were like the second or third tallest in all the kids in the hall photos. <laughs> so does that mean that like two of your castmates are like 5'2"? Well, <laughs> one of us is. Uh, I, I, like I, um, first of all, I was very skinny back then, so people think I'm taller. <laughs> Mark is actually six feet. Dave Scott and I are all 5'8", give or take. We're all like 5'8". So I must have just stepped on my toes to be a ham. Um, Bruce uh, says he's 5'6". We think he's 5'5". Five, five. Well, now I know. And yeah. I'll come back to that in a little bit. But boys and girls is how we were set up in the first place. And I was yeah. just speaking with Colin uh, 25 minutes ago. And <laughs> he spoke highly of you. And he's known you a long time and all that. He said he was on the set for three days. Were you on set for just a few days as well? Yeah, I think I was one day less than him because I remember we shared a trailer and I remember feeling bad because he had a trailer for a whole day without me. Then I had to come in <laughs> and uh, share it you know, with him, which was fun. Yeah, we've known each other since the mid 80s. The, his particular um, uh, group of Second City Main Stage, mm -hmm. it was, that was back when it was the old fire hall. Are you a Toronto person? I write for Canadian publications, so people think I'm Canadian, but I'm in New York. Oh, well then, uh, no, I won't explain details, it's boring. Wait, no, 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 you can, because I interview a lot of the Second City. I know who Street Heart is, does that help? Yes, 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 yes it does. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, when Kids on How We're Starting, they, were, they had that number one song. <laughs> but it was a cover of a Rolling Stones song, wasn't it? It was. Uh, so I got to learn all my vernacular of Canadian music roots and all that, and I know who the guess who is, and... So that's yeah. why you can speak to me as a Canadian peer, even though I'm Excellent. Not. I'm living in Winnipeg because I met a woman in Winnipeg, so I moved there from Los Angeles. And uh, the guests who are the Beatles here. Oh, for sure. Well, they I, are good. Was, and they're good. I, I was psyched to totally sidebar. I wrote a piece for the Jewish Journal and included a paragraph about a guess who documentary on Randy Bachman. And then he immediately retweets it and goes, we used to play all the Jewish dances in Winnipeg. And, you know, <laughs> Oh, okay. He is a nice guy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Apparently, he's the nicest guy in the world. I did a gig with him once, and he was in a bad mood with the, uh, the guy who ran the event. So I only <laughs> saw him be, uh, <laughs> be uh, like, mad. But, um, but, but even in a bad mood, when we walked past by each other in the hall, he went like this. <laughs> the so the I, head nod? The reverse head nod? What do you call that? Yeah. No, hi. Uh, hi. I'd be nicer, but I'm, in, I'm mad at somebody else, and I can't get out of that feeling right now. Well, anyway, I got you way off this. You're talking about the Second City Firehouse? Old Fire Hall, yeah, that's the original Second City in Toronto. It actually was an old fire, like, uh, uh, like uh, hall, I guess. Anyway, um, Colin Mockery, um, when Kids in the Hall were starting as a stage troupe at a club called The Rivoli down the street, they were uh, a really good, um, you know, they auditioned for each other, but they happened to be a really good uh, troupe. And uh, Ryan Stiles was in that group, and we sort of, we, we, we would sort of hang out. Uh, and they were afraid of us, um, even though we were younger, but, uh, but we were like, Queen Street is, um, is where we're from. The Queen Street part of Toronto, that's the same as Greenwich Village in New York in the early 50s. So mm -hmm. we were supposed to be like hipper than thou. And in a way we were, <laughs> but we love comedy first and we knew that how funny they were. So, so we hung out and they learned not to be intimidated by us. Something I actually don't know about Second City, 
the second city Chicago troupe and the second city Toronto troupe, both big, big stars came out of them. They're yes. both still doing great. But I found that it was more academic. Like there were more Ivy leaguers that came out of the second city Chicago. Was that the case with the Toronto as well? I think um, less so, but I think the reason for that is being a historian of comedy in the second city is that um, they were like Greenwich Village people in the 50s. They were all intellectuals. Who was in the first troupe? Elaine May, who's one of my idols, idols, one of the smartest people in the world. She could have been like anything she wanted to be, a mm -hmm. scientist, a professor, and, and Del Close. I, it just, um, because it started in a university, um, I think Second City in Chicago, so they were, um, they were intellectual types. And then I think even by the 60s, they started being more comedy types, Mm -hmm. smarter in a different way and then in the early 70s um they they opened one in toronto so they were following more the lines of what second city had become but i don't think it's lesser it's just it started intellect intellectuals started doing it and then because it was so good comedians took over right and of course you have those ties but kids in the hall eventually happen and then i find that there's a lot of people who don't necessarily associate with you with kids in the hall given all the success you've had in the voice acting world did that start with johnny quest or i'm sorry johnny bravo rather where you did that voiceover and that led to all the other work that was one of the first for sure um there was one I, okay i did one that was a pilot that never got sold i forget it and then i did johnny bravo and then i did angry beavers which was great because that's how i met richard who's invader zim who um, and now we're friends because he's Invader Zim. Yeah, a lot of people just know me from um, Invader Zim, Lilo and Stitch, and Cat Scratch, like uh, like those kind of things. I'm doing a bunch now, but they're not taking off. <laughs> they're they're not they're not things that people are going to remember years from now. But not that they're not good. It's just it's hard to uh, like some of the things uh, are as good as Cat Scratch, I think. But uh, some things take off and some things don't in the cartoon world. I don't know why. But was it the plan, hey, I'm going to do voiceovers, or did you just get a call, you showed up, you taped it, and more work came? Sort of like that. If I audition for anything, I don't get it. And I, I, I don't audition. Uh, oh, yeah, cartoons, I do audition. Especially now, technically, i got to use my computer, and I don't know what to do. And uh, I cut myself half off. Um, but no, I, I guess because I have a... I don't want to say unique voice, uh, like, like a, a specific voice. Trademark. Because um, everyone else that I do voices with, they're like, uh, they're the men and women of a million voices. I can do a million voice. Uh, I can do one voice. It usually starts off like um, my King of Empty Promises character will do like this. And then by the end of the sentence, you sound like this. And yeah. then, um, so they want the, um, that kind of uh, character. I play a lot of dogs who fall down the stairs a lot. I, I spend a lot of time going, ow, 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 ee, ow. <laughs> yeah, I have one voice and if they need it, they get, uh, so in that way, I guess I'm lucky. But I'm not in the, in the circle of, there's seven or eight people that like get the jobs all the time. And because I'm in Winnipeg now, I don't know who the seven or eight, I'm sure it's changed a little bit, but there's uh, like, like Billy West was, you know, Billy West, he was like- Oh yeah, Howard Stern yeah. favorite, for sure. Yes, it's yes. Drama. Yeah, Great yeah. Great Roth impression, I think. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, he's, he's brilliant. His voice is, is like so three-dimensional. It's like, like, it's amazing. It's a, and he was the king when I started. And I, uh, I think it was Cat Scratch I was doing. And then one of the guys uh, in Cat Scratch said, uh, Billy West is coming today. He didn't say it, but it was like he was thinking, be on your best behavior. Billy West is coming. But Billy West is just like a, like a real guy, like a, like a nice guy. Yeah, he's very soft-spoken. But you were just like, you know, knocking yourself in a little way. I was saying, I got my one voice. But did you ever hear Chris Hardwick's impression of you? 
Uh, I think I have heard it. Yes, yes, I have. He when he interviewed us, he did it. Yeah, yeah. No, he's good. He's good. <laughs> well, I think that that's kind of a good sign when you've got that one voice and people can impersonate and know it's them. So I put you in that Fred Stoller kind of category. <laughs> yeah, yay, Fred and I. Yeah, yeah. I I I sound like Ronald Reagan who gets very very excited. That's that's, that's what I always think. Uh, so with boys and girls, I asked this to Colin as well. Did you grow uh, to summer camp growing up much or this role happened and you got method? <laughs> I got me. Oh, well, I hated summer camp. I, I, as a cub, I went once um, and I didn't even last the whole weekend because we actually, I was 12 and that's, that's the trip where I learned I was asthmatic and allergic because we put the we put the tent on everything I was allergic to. So um, cut to woo woo. Rush to the then I went again. Do you, have you heard of Algonquin Park? You said you're almost Canadian. You know Street Heart. Yeah. It's a famous camping park and um, where there's lots of bears and stuff. And I went with my three best friends who were math geniuses. I remember their names: George Ganyu, Ingham Goping, and Lorenzo something. I forget his last name. And they were math geniuses. And our first night, we did the tent. Uh, raccoons ate all our food. So because they were math geniuses, they invented this levy system. They were measuring and <laughs> they got the food to side. And then, ironically, I couldn't last the whole week there because my mother came early. I couldn't believe she was there. Uh, ironically, I had failed math and had to start summer school for it. So I had to leave math geniuses <laughs> to go to summer school for me. Those are my camping. I don't like camping. I don't like camping. I, 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 allergic, asthmatic. Um, I, I just... Uh, I, I guess I'm a city guy, though that seems ridiculous too. It's just, it's the lesser of two evils. Well, sure. Well, you moved to Manitoba for love, we can tell. Yes. All I know, besides you moving there for love, of course, all I know about Winnipeg and Manitoba is the guess who? A lot of professional wrestlers are from there. And that's, yes. that's all I know. Am I missing out? Is Winnipeg one of those cities where I have to go to? Or are you there just to get away from everyone and everything? <laughs> no, I, I'm here for her, but it's a good city. It's a it's a great music city. Everyone um, everyone is a great player. Uh, do you know the Weaker Thans? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're from here. Um, Propagandi, I think, was his band before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Sampson, like he's one of the, his solo albums are good. I should hang out with him more. He's a private guy, and I'm a loner. And, and when we see each other in the movie theater, we sit together. So it's almost like we've called each other and said, "You want to see a movie?" That's happened twice, so that's good. Um, also. Um, it's uh, in the 80s and 90s, it started a um, uh, like a, a, a sort of an artsy film um, kind of community. The directors, uh, the famous one, I'm going blank because I'm aging and I'm going blank. He's uh, a Winnipeg uh, Guy Madden. Guy Madden. Oh, okay. So Mark McKinney uh, starred one of his movies, and I did a small part in one of his movies because I was here. Um, and John Pays, who did great kind of comedy, weird comedies in, uh, in the 90s, we hired him to direct um, some stuff that was like silent comedy, like uh, Mr. Heavyfoot, one of our scenes, Mr. Heavyfoot and things like that. Um, so uh, I think it's still a bit of a film community, but it, but it was sort of like a scene in the 80s and 90s, Winnipeg. Well, uh, two quick Kids in the Hall questions, and if that's okay with you, I don't know if you're- Oh, absolutely. Know, okay. <laughs> you can ask whatever you want. <laughs> so we own Brain Candy uh, in this household, and it's a two-in-one DVD with the movie Back to the Beach. I have that too, uh, because I, uh, I didn't have one and my uh, new family wanted to see it 10 years ago. So I, I have that too, yes. <laughs> so where I was getting with that is, if you knew whose idea that was that went, these two movies have something in common and the same fan base, <laughs> let's put them together. Or 
if no one knows that. My guess is that I guess it's a I guess Back to the Beach is also a Paramount movie. Yes. And I guess this was the time DVDs were uh, were booming. So uh, let's put two movies together the bond maybe we can make some money from it. Hey, they both start with B. They probably started in the alph- they probably started alphabetically. There was nothing in the A's and then they said um, uh, back to the beach and uh, brain candy. Oh good, we don't have to go to the seas. We found two. That's what I think. <laughs> though, you know, I've never seen it though. I haven't, but I hear that back to the beach is actually not bad. It's is hilarious. Uh, is it really? It's got fishbone in it. I love fishbone. I remember they were in it. Yeah, yeah. Pee-wee like, is it actually good? Should I see it? If you did, you like the Brady Bunch movie, the first one, where it's kind of I did, and I didn't like the second one. I did. They hit, they hit the tone perfectly in the first one. It's basically that where uh, it's the taking the surf thing, but everyone realizing they're twenty years older, and so right. they're no longer young and cool. And, and did they make jokes like, uh, "How come, uh, and then how come your hair doesn't get wet when you're on the surfboard?" Is it like, like things like that? Not too far off. Lori Loughlin is like the female lead in it. So that's some extra bonus points right there. As a kid, I remember that, that she was on the surfboard and she, her, hair, her hair stayed perfect. She never got wet. I also remember um, um, uh, Don Rickles. Was it Don Rickles? No, it was Paul Lynn. Paul Lynn. Um, he, he had lip something, obviously, because you could see Frankie Avalon joking. Like he's on the, like he's on the beach, Paul Lynn, and he's yelling at all the kids. I guess it's like a beach camp thing. Yes. And then I guess the director, the scene was over, but the director didn't yell cut. So Paul then turned to Frankie Avalon and said, aren't you getting shorter? And he, <laughs> that was a good Paul Lind. Uh, yes. Uh, that tells me that you're a fan of the Gilbert Gottfried podcast. Oh, I'm not, but I would love it. Only because I don't know how to get on podcasts. I'm not, but I, but I, would, I love Gilbert Gottfried. I've seen him live a hundred times. Ditto. Uh, well, my second question is, Kids in the Hall, depending on where you looked, it says 2021. Uh, is it all filmed? Um, you know, we're still talking about it. It's funny because we were debating and then the pandemic hit and it makes it so much easier to be filmed. Um, so I think the debate is over. Um, <laughs> but but we, the thing is, we were caught in this thing that we, uh, that we shouldn't have been. We... Um, Everything's a reaction. Okay, like for example, the theme song is really well known. So we that had a matters. like a, a two-day debate. Should we yeah. do the theme song? Um, uh, should we not? So we we decided to do it because we couldn't imagine seeing a Monty Python redo without the, that theme song. Um, should we do Super Eight? Uh, well, let's do this. So then it was a reaction. No, we'll do we'll film on the phone and make it look like Super Eight, which to me may be stupid and weird. Um, so everything's, um, uh, you know, like I said, a reaction. What was your original question? What was the thing I was talking about? Is, is it happening for 2021 and is it actually it done? Filmed. It sounds like it's in progress still. The, we've written it and the scenes have been chosen. And, um, and so far, um, Amazon is still really interested. Like, not interested, they're doing it. Um, so we're getting, uh, they've had, a, they, they put, because they have lots of time in their hands during the pandemic, they put a lot of our sketches that were picked through millions of tests. Um, and then because of um, uh, all the horrible things that happened during the pandemic, seven scenes have been cut. Um, don't tell the others, there's only two I'll miss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a third one that's, that would have been fine. The others I, I don't miss. Uh, but there's one that we've been doing on stage for the past two tours um, where we, the show starts and we're all in wedding dresses. And uh, we go, I wear a wedding dress. Yeah, yes, it's just easier to catch a cab when you're wearing a wedding dress. And we all wax poetically and comically about wedding dress. 
they thought it would um, offend people nowadays, um, uh, men who wore uh, clothes. And there was a big debate with Amazon at first whether we could play women. And they thought because we established it in the, in the, in the 90s and it was our thing, people would be disappointed. Like, um, and then, um, but, but we have to be women. We can't be men in a dress. I don't know. I, all and it's one of the best scenes Bruce has ever written. And it would have been a Kids in the Hall like classic, I think. Uh, we'll do it live. We'll Second keep doing it live. season, you have creative control. That's when you do that. That that's the answer. Yeah, that. yeah. It's different times. In the nineties, HBO they they never visited us. They, and Lord Michaels was busy Saturday Night Live. We got to do what we wanted. Um, uh, very little was edited. Also, it was HBO. Uh, and and what was their mantra in, uh, in the nineties? This isn't television. It's HBO. Right. Meaning that they wanted to be edgy. So we were just in a, a dream spot. We're not in a dream spot anymore. It's 2020, and, and we're all mature, ex except for maybe Scott. <laughs> and uh, a lot of his scenes were cut. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever comes out when it comes out. So my closer, besides C, it's on in the year. It's coming on in the year, December. Uh, this is December. 20, but uh, ask your boys, girls, question. Annie's listening. <laughs> Boys and girls, besides see that, it's great. We love it. Great cast. Besides that, any last words for the kids? Um, uh, it's funny. And uh, I'm not lying this time. I would lie for other movies <laughs> I've done. But I, I would never say I'm not lying. It's funny. I think you have something identified with, even if you don't go to summer camps, relationships uh, between boys and girls. There's two old guys who, who, whose job is to be funny, and me and Colin Mockery, and, and we're pretty funny for old guys, but don't worry. We're, we're not on a lot, and the young actors are actually really funny and good actors, and you'll care about them. I th I'm not ashamed of this movie. This is a movie I'm not ashamed of, I, I, and I, I even like it. So young people, please uh, watch it. I don't think you'll hate me. That was the best Gilbert Gottfried impersonation I've ever seen. <laughs> sort of Thank similar. you so much for the years of comedy and looking forward to seeing what's next in whatever form for me, Kevin. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lots of good things. I'm writing four things because of the pandemic, but the kitchen hall thing is the best. But remember, get ready to be disappointed. It won't be as good as the 90s show. We're old now. And uh, go to cameo.com. What's your name on cameo? Just Kevin McDonald? Yeah, just Kevin McDonald. Okay, cameo it is. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great rest Thank of the day. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Annie. Outrocast. Yo. Hey, thanks so much for doing this. This is uh, my oh. third Stacy Jones interview, and like life just keeps getting better. Am I right? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> nice to see you, Darren. How are you? Great. And yourself there, aside from the world blowing up? Yeah, you know, we're doing all right, man. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So, put, putting together all the pieces here, when I look at your musical chronological discography, chronology, whatever we want to call it here, I know that your first touring gig was with a reggae band. And yeah. that has nothing to do with Atwater Punks. That has nothing to do with your Berkeley music training. There's nothing to do with American Hi-Fi, which was kind of like a power pop, punk pop kind of thing. There's nothing to do with Matchbox 20, Miley Cyrus, et cetera. Yeah. But what I kind of get is that you were rooted in the Van Halen, Motley Crue school of music, and that's where it started. Do I have that right? A million percent. A million percent. Yeah. I was definitely, um, so in, yeah, so like junior high and high school, I was total, I was a total metalhead. Um, so that was like the pop metal stuff, like Van Halen, Motley Crue, Rat, 
Dawkins. Like I love that stuff. Um, but I also loved like Maiden, um, Metallica, that world. Um, but, but then also I was really into like U2, In Excess, you know, that's that sort of stuff as well. So, I mean, you know, I, I grew up in a family that listened to a ton of music as a mm -hmm. kid. So, you know, I've always been open to everything. Like my dad loved, you know, Miles Davis, but also the Beatles and the Stones and the Eagles. And, and you know, the first concert I ever saw was ABBA, you know, so like I've, yeah, like I, I, I've always had an open mind when it came to music. I, if it's good and if it resonates with me, then I'm all in. Got it. So steering things a little bit away, did I read correctly that you develop apps or technology related stuff, Hi-Fi Labs? Hi-Fi Labs is a company, yeah, that, uh, that I just co-founded this year. Um, and it's a really cool company. It's something that had sort of been in the works for a couple of years. And, um, you know, we were lucky enough to, to fund it right at the beginning of the year. And um, so it's basically a company that is, we're focused on two things. One is like true artist development. So being able to work with musicians that, you know, major labels, um, things that major labels used to do like 30 years ago. Um, you know, now I think there's a big trend in the industry that's like, if you don't have, you know, 500,000 followers on Instagram or you're not blowing up on TikTok, then labels aren't interested, right? And um, so, so Hi-Fi Labs was created to be able to find those musicians that are making incredible music, maybe in their bedroom in Toledo, Ohio, and they have no, you know, they don't have any friends or family that are in the, in the business. And so that's, that's, what, that's why we made this, why, why we started this company was to be able to find those artists mm -hmm. and then develop them, invest in them and, you know, watch their careers, you know, uh, flourish, quite frankly. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do that is, you know, I've had like eight major label record deals in my career, you know. Yeah, you're not exaggerating right there. Yeah. So, you know, and like I've seen the uh, benefits to that and the pitfalls. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to kind of bring some of that experience into this company and give that back to some other artists. And we have an incredible team that we built out um, and are, are signing our first artist as we speak, actually. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Uh, in not giving anything away, but you're skewing towards young artists that haven't had deals, or would you guys be open to label services kinds of things where people who survived the majors? Yep, so we are not, we're not doing any like label services so like directly, you know? Mm -hmm. We're not a management company, we're not a label, we're not an agency. We're sort of a creative think tank and a, an A&R resource, I guess. Um, and, but we do wear those hats also, you know? So we do have pro project managers and we do have people to do A&R, but mm -hmm. we also have an in-house, you know, software developer, an engineer, so that if, you know, we just built, um, uh, I don't know if I can say this. <laughs> I don't know if I can say, maybe I can. Anyway, we've worked with a couple of really big artists just recently and one big company recently. Um, and we literally, to your point, we built them the technology so that they can own it. And, and the artists can own that technology and own that platform. Um, so it's really cool, yeah, it's a cool. So there's two sides to the company. There's the artist development side, and then there's the side that is like, we're just a one-stop shop 
creative think tank. So if you have an idea, some way that you want to try to break through the noise, we, we want to be someone that can help you, you know, facilitate that. And to be clear, that software is not David Lee Roth's visual comic book that came out three weeks ago? That is not. I wish, I wish it was. No. Outrocast. <laughs>